It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today is Sunday, April 2nd, 2017. This is Celtics Beat on CLNS Radio, and I am Larry A. Trussell. I did tell him, like, you're going to have nights like this, right? You're going to have nights where... Man, it, it feels like it's tough to get going, and the other team is rolling. Like, the other team is doing a lot of great things. And it was good that our guys found a way. Sometimes sometimes the biggest challenge is just finding a way on a night when the other team's going and you're not. Shall we start this week's show off with a mini trivia question of which game was that post-game audio of Brad Stevens from uh, from this past week? Audio, of course. YouTube.com slash CLNS Radio for all the raw and uncut videos from the locker room and press table where, yes, Brad Stevens speak after every game. And, yes, CLNS Radio carries on its YouTube page in high definition. For those of you who guessed the Magic game on Friday, most recent, congratulations. You are correct. Certainly was not the Bucks game. Uh, that was for sure. He was not as upbeat after that one. But there were certainly a few examples this past week of other teams were rolling. We're not. We found a way. Actually, that's happened a lot this year, that is for sure. Wise man, or I don't want to give him too much credit, so a wisish man, how's that? Wisish man once said, it's a make or miss league. Celtics holding on to the top overall seed and having another winning week. Kind of all came down to one opposing team's point guard making a shot. Despite very good defense in the game's waning seconds, whereas Orlando's could not get his by Amir Johnson. In fact, that one stop there <laughs> entirely changes the perception of where we sit here this first Sunday of April. If you could use one week to provide a microcosm of the story of the 2017 Boston Celtics, yeah, it was it was this past week. Uh, strengths were confirmed. Weaknesses, I thought, were even further highlighted, and despite it all, here they sit, 22 games over 500, first overall seed on the line with the champs here in town on Wednesday, good and bad, thank you Celtics for keeping it so simple for us, they know how to do it in crunch time though, not all the time, no teams can, but certainly against greener foes, Orlando Magic, that's for sure. Boston's effectiveness in high-pressure situations, will they continue to out-clutch teams like Cleveland, Toronto, Washington, Milwaukee even? They are coming on come May. 
we hope, uh, but we just hope we get they get there. But we pretty much know that they can and probably will outclutch Miami. And I don't want to say they will outclutch Orlando because they'll never play them again the rest of the year. But they outscore the Magic by five points in the official clutch situation. They held them actually to just five points in the game's final five minutes, which the Celts entered down. You're gonna have to correct me if I'm wrong here, audience. Four it was one eleven, one oh seven Magic, I think. But they played well down the stretch. Uh, Boston having this group together now, it has paid dividends thus far in 76 games, six games left in the year, uh, whatever games it is, uh, it has paid dividends thus far this year, paid dividends in that they are out, out experienced teams, out experiencing teams, excuse me, and certainly younger teams like Orlando, who still don't know how to win games like that yet as, hey, they are, after all, the worst fourth-quarter team in the NBA, at least based upon scoring in said fourth quarter. This goodness, no question about it. Primary reason as to why the Celtics sit here first Sunday of April as the top seed of the Eastern Conference. Don't need to get into the point differential thing. We all know about it. I saw enough headlines and articles, which I did not click. Was not going for that clickbait. But we all know about it, so stop. So confirm strength. Celts very good. Borderline unbeatable, actually, against lesser experienced teams in high-pressure situations. Offense, Isaiah Thomas, most of the time. Defense, very good Friday late in the game. I'll call that summish of the time. Playoff, of course, you know, close games against the Raptors. We'll get there. But this is a good. Also a good. The show, of course. Uh, we will announce the winner of our Cavs tickets. Maybe not the game of the century, but the game of the Brad Stevens era comma, thus far. We hope that's going to change at a later date, say sometime in a month or two. Wink, wink. But the most important regular season game played in Boston the last five, six years. Uh, we will give away our tickets for Wednesday's huge game against Cleveland, and also a two-for-one. We haven't heard that phrase recently, right? Two-for-one in a good way. We'll give out the details on how to win a pair of playoff tickets. So yeah, so what goodness that is. And by no coincidence whatsoever, today's featured guest segment, Celtics President Rich Gotham. Coming up on episode number 203 of Celtics Beat, which this week is being presented by SeatGeek and Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash Celtics Beat for three free meals and free shipping upon your first order. Rich Gotham, Celtics first in the conference, free playoff tickets, free food. That is the good. The bad. The rim protection is, is just not a good, especially this past week. Um, and I know the B-teamers out there, you know, they're going to – they can't wait to tweet that the Celtics D the last X amount of games or since the All-Star break that they're ranked fourth in deficiency or, or whatever. You know, I think general comment, general observation, a lot of this is scheduling. Boston has played some weaker competition. They've gotten a lot more rest between games recently, less back-to-backs. But – um, these last three games, seeing what we saw, I thought Tommy was going to have a heart attack. Of course, that's not too hard to think, but Friday night, he certainly reiterated enough, and that was everybody's observation for the first 44, 43 minutes of the game. Whoever was getting in there, you know, Fournier, Peyton, it, it jumped out to everyone, especially when Orlando was building those big leads. It was just how easy it was for them to get in the paint, point blank. Simple as that. I mean, we know Isaiah Thomas. He was on Peyton for just about the entirety. He's not going to stay with him. Or he's not going to stay with 
most people. Uh, but there was just no last line of defense there. Was way too easy. And even in their other win, week from today, um, excuse me, last week from today, last Sunday against Miami, refresher, Tyler Johnson was just having a field day. Uh, it was about as close to as, as a layup line as you can say. I hate going as extreme like that, but I think you can make that observation in that way. So 76 games in, there kind of seems to be no answer there. And it is a glaring flaw. It is what it is. And I guess that's just not good. And if and when they play Cleveland, we hope it is a win, not just this Wednesday too. We'll keep an eye out for that. Other thing too that you can take away is a takeaway from every week, every game is the continued lineup experimentation. And I don't know if it's lineup experimentation at this point because outside of the starters or the starters plus one, you know, the IT and D lineup, which uh, kind of closed. No, actually, they're not closed. Excuse me, because Bradley wasn't in there, but Crowder and Smart. Or Jalen Brown in there to start. Everybody plays great with the starters, right? Uh, Kelly Olenek, great out alongside Al Horford. We're probably going to see that today. We hope to see that today. Like to see Amir Johnson get a little rest on that ankle. Uh, Marcus Smart in there, as, as I referenced. Those are his best net ratings. And and yeah, Jalen Brown, his, his confidence level seems to skyrocket, at least that jumped out at me, especially at the beginning of, of Friday's game, when he's starting at the two in, in replace of Bradley in, in his times he's out. There's just clearly another bounce in his step. Um, but when Horford's not in there in a Philadelphia game is a great reference to this, or when there's just anything more than three reserves, that's better. I, I, you know, I can remember talking about this with Keith Smith back in like November, when there's three, four... I can say five, but Brad never does that anymore, thank God. But three-plus reserves, nothing has really sorted itself out. No real group has developed some good chemistry. That's the word I'm going to use. And Brad certainly continues to to mix and match. And this past week, it, it certainly bit them. Milwaukee, all the teams took advantage of it. I say Milwaukee because that was the game they lost, and that's, I would say, the primary reason as to why they lost it. But, I mean, all the teams... Miami, the Bucks, Orlando, they all held 13, 14, 15-point leads over Boston. And the Celts were able to usurp two of them, but the Bucks got up double digits a few times, especially in that second quarter when Boston was over for the first X amount of minutes. They took advantage of uh, the bench mismatch and, and in going up against a good chunk of Boston reserves. And, and that was one the Milwaukee and they, they could not get away with. So, you know, you just kind of throw your hands up in the air. Story of the season. It's just, holy crap, it's April 2nd. They're freaking first in this conference. And first thing I jump on the show with is how unfixable aspects of the defense looks. Um, I'll say this, too. little balancing act, too, on my part. Perfectly played out this way. I do have the president of the team coming up, so the tune is going to change on my, on my end. That I can promise you. What a great season, Celtics. Great season, Mr. President. Everybody should have a, a, a be a season ticket holder like me. Where do we send? A, where do we send their money? Oh, woo! Thank you. Tickets too. I don't want to go on this forever. There's, I'm not teasing. I promise, I am not. But good, re, good, good reference and reminder. Cavs v Celtics Wednesday, April fifth. Last time I'm going to mention it like this. Winner was drawn at random from those of you who subscribed to this podcast on iTunes and wrote a review for Celtics beat. I should mention that we will continue to do contests like this in the future. So for those of you that did review, that keeps you in future contests where we, we drop. So, you know, for those of you who have yet to written, write a review. 
uh, for Celtic Speed on iTunes, I would suggest you do so to get in all future contests where we use this mechanism. But these Cavs tickets will go to TrueDat35. TrueDat35, congratulations. We have been in touch, but I, I wanted to give you your official coronation here. And to now turn the page immediately to playoff tickets, round one home game two. So with the Celts having home court, that's clinched. That is officially going to be game two of the first round, which um, that is going to be between Monday, excuse me, sorry about this, Monday the 17th and Wednesday the 19th. So one of those three days. So therefore, we will announce the winner of that on, is that Easter Sunday the 16th, I believe? So Easter Sunday, special edition of Celtics beat the 16th, we will announce the winner. So how to win two tickets to game two of the first round of the playoffs, of course, Celtics v. whoever. Follow me on Twitter, at CLNS underscore LHR. That's it. Follow at CLNS underscore LHR. Winner drawn at random and announced here in two weeks on Celtics Beat as we either recap or, I hope, preview game one of the playoffs. Please be on a Sunday. Playoff schedule, as as we know, too. That is still a TBD. Every game seems to count a little bit more. I know they all count as one, but the intensity amongst us mere observers has ratchet it up. I don't know if you could tell that in my voice. Real quick, um, how is today's game on network national TV? I mean, do we not have 20 years of trends to know the Knicks will, will never be playing relevant basketball games in April? Uh, I'm not complaining. One o'clock start, nothing beats those. But you know, I just feel for those casual NBA fans that have to be subjected to, to all this New York Knicks basketball. I really do. Okay. Celtics president Rich Gotham, he is here right now. I want to step away for a bit. I want to get things totally synced up on his end. And, of course, obviously, too, I need a positive pill. I am speaking to the team president, after all. So we will use this, a word from our sponsors, back on the other side. Thank you for downloading yet another edition of Celtics Beat, the number one podcast on iTunes which covers the NBA's winningest franchise. Today's broadcast is being sponsored by Blue Apron, the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. And they're the best for a reason. Blue Apron has established partnerships with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers across the United States. And the best farming and harvesting practices gives you delicious meals that you can cook for and with your family and friends. It all comes out to less than $10 per meal, saving you time and money while building strong family bonds. From sweet and sour salmon with bok choy, carrot, and gingered fried rice, Blue Apron gives you variety and flexibility to match your tastes. And as a loyal listener to Celtics Beat, I encourage you to go check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Celticsbeat. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash Celticsbeat. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Episode number 203 of Celtics Beat with Boston Celtics President Rich Gotham is also being brought to you by SeatGeek. As the Celtics playoff push heats up in their chase for that number one seed, SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every game. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone and it is by far the easiest way I've found a shop for tickets. The biggest Celtics game in years takes place at the Garden this Wednesday as LeBron James and the world champion Cleveland Cavaliers visit Boston in a battle for the East's number one overall seed. And there is no better place to get the best deals on tickets to Celtics games both home and away. And remember that it doesn't end with sports. SeatGeek also has plenty of concert, comedy, and theater tickets available too. 
Best of all, Celtics Beat listeners can support this production and get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. Here's how to do so. Download the free SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code and enter promo code CELTICSBEAT. All one word, and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code CELTICSBEAT today. A word from you, though, about about Ray. I mean, I know that's, that's a little two weeks in advance on this, two weeks uh, late on this take, but... Um, well, you know, with, with the guys organized on their own personally, I, I guess, is, is their business. Um, you know, our point of view clearly is that, uh, you know, without Ray Allen, there's, there's no championship banner in 2008. Uh, he's a critical part of that team, and... Uh, and a great contributor to that team. Um, so anything we would do honoring the team would uh, absolutely include Ray. And um, we don't have firm plans at this point. We haven't really put the pen to paper and said, here's what we want to do exactly. Uh, we'll look at that over the summer most likely. But, you know, throughout the course of, you know, the 17-18 season, we'll probably look at multiple ways to commemorate that team um, and hopefully, you know, bring some of the guys back. And, uh, you know, you've got to work with everyone's schedule, uh, whether, you know, whether it's guys who are currently playing or guys who are, you know, have media obligations. Uh, they're doing TV now, things like that. So, um, you know, all T- TBD uh, at this point, but, uh, you know, looking forward to celebrating that team and, and having some of the players back around next year. Yeah, I was just wondering if the team would actually do anything unique for Ray just due to the fact that just the falling out that he had with the specific players on the team, I still find it, you know, pretty I, – I actually appreciate it in some regard in that the players still have that emotional feeling with Ray. And I do uh, wonder what the fan um, – and the feelings the fans – I know time heals all wounds with the fans, but, I mean, he was not uh, appreciated on his way out of here. And if you even remember that Miami game, when he first came back, he would have been booed till the back to the Stone Age unless they put, you know, put the video up. But anyway, so I don't want to continue to harp on that. Here with Celtics president Rich Gotham, a little biannual conversation me and you have, Richie. And I love talking to you this time of year because this is when I can brag. Checks in the mail, man. We we appreciate the support, Larry, uh, and it's it's a wise investment on your behalf. Yeah, I didn't think I'd be going out of the, the way this year by bragging about that. I think a few years ago, when I when I have, when I get you here telling you, oh yeah, February or, or March, whenever, and we're a little late. It's it's Sunday. It's uh, April second. My goodness, a little late on this interview. Didn't need to squeeze in here before the playoffs. But uh, so I'm definitely not you know, really pat myself on the back saying saying I've re up for season tickets again. But I, I should give you a little say. What is the? Give us a little quick word on season ticket sales. I know the seventeen playoffs, but even going into next year, it, it, you would assume that it's as good as it sounds, right? Yeah, it's been a great year for us this uh, this season. We're, you know, we we had a great, uh, you know, it, it really starts uh, in the previous year. So dial it back a year, you know, starting in February of 2016 is when we start renewing season ticket holders for the following season for the season where we're in now, the 16-17 season. And we had a great uh, renewal. We had 95% of our season ticket holders come back. And those who didn't come back is generally not due to any dissatisfaction. It's just sort of a change in life circumstance, new job. I moved, I lost my job, that kind of thing. So, um, and, and that trend has, has continued. Uh, we're really seeing the exact same thing this year as we've gone through renewal. And any seats that have opened up in that process have quickly been scooped up. Uh, we, we had our on sale for uh, 
playoffs uh, just begin yesterday for season ticket holders to get additional tickets and Club Green members to buy tickets. And, you know, the first thing we put out there just flew off the shelf. So, uh, you know, demand is great. We're really appreciative of the fan support. You know, uh, I think, you know, the, the fans who are, you know, who who bought into this, you know, see, you know, a fun team this year that's that's played well, obviously, and, you know, an even brighter future ahead. So uh, hopefully we can deliver on that. There was a Toronto game I, back in early February, end of January. It was the game in which the, the one game they were able to beat the Raptors. I made the assessment that I remember after that game, it was a raucous game. It was a Monday or a Wednesday. I can't remember. I specifically remember it not being a Friday. Because Friday night, you always get a good crowd in there no matter what. But I specifically remember making the assessment after that Toronto game. I said, that's it. I've come to the conclusion. These are the best crowds night in, night out in the new garden, in the fleet center that I can remember. I can even go back to the championship years. I'll even go back to, oh, wait, I, if we can compare crowds, I don't know how you can do that yeah. any any specifically, but I've seen you at plenty of games this year. seems like these are the best crowds night in and night out, and I know they've played a lot of close games and everything. But. Yeah, people are showing up excited. You know, which is great, and that's the way it was. Um, you know, in the you know the big the you know the KG Paul and Ray you know big three era, uh, people would just show up ready to see something special happen. And I think Isaiah has really become uh, you know a draw and a fan favorite, and people show up you know waiting to see what kind of amazing thing he's going to do during a game. And I think people come in with an expectation of winning and that's what we want. You know, we want people showing up saying we're here to win and, uh, and, and to witness a win. And, and it's, it's a different feeling when you walk in the garden, you know, when you're, you know, expecting to win and, and defend your home court, you know, then, you know, when, when the team is the team performance is down and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's been a good feeling I'd say this year. It, uh, we, we've got, Incredible fans and, and a likable team, which is which is helpful. You know, people have really gotten behind, you know, this team and, and gotten to know some of the players over time and gained an appreciation for, you know, what different individual players bring to the table. You know, it's always fun for me. Um, whenever uh, Jalen Brown enters the game, for instance, the fans just sit and wait for something incredible to happen because he's, you know, can be a bit of a highlight reel sometimes. And, uh and it's just it's just cool that that feeling of anticipation you know is is in the air at all times you know for our team this year so uh it's it's been special we don't take it for granted um uh, you know the kind of support we get and i'll tell you what it's it's everywhere we go now we go out on the road um you know and isaiah's getting mvp chance you know in places like Phoenix, Golden State, Sacramento, way out on the west coast yeah. too from 10 years ago you know yeah. what i'm referencing yeah, I, I do, I do. So, uh, you know, so it's been it's been fun to see that resurgence, and uh, yeah, good to, you know, good to have that swagger again. All that positive vibe from this year, and I had Bob Ryan here last week, and every time he comes on, which is frequently, he comes on this show, specifically mentions, I love this team, you know, I've loved this team, I love, I've loved this season, but they got to win a playoff series, you know, and. It's interesting how I think this is the first year that you can actually measure this, the concrete value of this season on, you know, you're able to measure it concretely at the end. Gee, that's probably a better way for me to put it. And even you here right before the year actually said that, you know, this is the first year where I feel like this organization is going to measure the success based upon playoff success. There's so much positive vibe outside the organization, the fans. I mean, is it really something 
like that where there is sort of a little bit of some pressure on winning a playoff series this year to really keep that positive momentum going. And also the outside perception of the organization, that could certainly change if, you know, something. I don't want to, you know, reference what I'm referencing at, but you know what I'm going there. Right. You know, I, I think there's always pressure to win in the playoffs. I mean, that's that's what we're here to do. And, uh, you know, what changes from year to year, I think, is fan expectation and media expectation. And, you know, our view of that is we, we can't really get caught up in that. Uh, you know, we, we're looking to perform to our standards. So it's not about outside expectation. It's about internal standards. And if we're performing to our standards, we'll win and, and we'll feel good. You know, and, and I think if you listen to Brad talk, uh, and you listen to our players talk, you know, what they're talking about right now is it's not seeding, it's playing our best, going into the playoffs, playing our best. And I, I think we feel like if we head into the playoffs and we're playing our best and we're healthy, you know, then we'll win. And uh, and that's how we're, we're looking at it. But but clearly, you know, playoff success is, is something, you know, that we judge ourselves by that fans judge us by that media judges us by and and it's and, and rightfully so so we don't we don't back away from that um and uh you know hopefully this will be you know a good extended uh, playoff run for us but not just the outside perception of fans in the media but what about those you know other players around the league i don't want to specifically name names but i know that's certainly an option that the organization yeah. is looking at this summer well, you know, success begets success. That's just the way it is. But it doesn't change anything. I mean, you know, we're still going to practice and prepare the same way. We're not going to, you know, uh, suddenly, um, you know, change our style of play or do something different because, you know, we're trying to position ourselves as a destination for, you know, free agents. I, I think the idea is to continue our progression. And I think players around the NBA, um, you know, they know what's going on. Uh, they, they can look at our team and they, they can draw their own conclusions whether or not we, you know, have a deep playoff run or a short playoff run. They, they still know what's going on. They can see what's here. They can see the talent. Um, so it's always helpful when you're successful and people can envision themselves having, you know, great success if they join your team or your organization. That certainly doesn't hurt. Um, but, but again, you know, all we can do as an organization is prepare ourselves to, to be at our best come playoff time and, uh, and, you know, play as hard as we can come playoff time. Good win over 50 games, what I would certainly say is a positive goal. Probably good chance of winning the division at this point as well, too. But have there been any, I mean, it's been a very good season thus far. There's no, there's no question about it, despite getting tripped up by Milwaukee back there on Wednesday. The big game, of course, next Wednesday against Cleveland. That, that little uh, snoozer that could be on tap today against New York. But have there has there been anything, like, disappointing about the season? Could it be possibly the defense? A lot of us expected them to be a top-five defensive team. Yeah, it's played much better since the All-Star break, but that also could be too to who they've been playing on the schedule since the All-Star break. Uh, I mean, I, you watch a game, like, against Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee yeah, Milwaukee, too, but really Miami was a game that jumped out at me, how easy they got they got to the rim. Uh, bench play a little sporadic as well. Have you, just as someone who's looked at this as a fan, Richie, I know you are a huge fan, anything that sort of, you know, disappointed you in some regards in terms of the on-court product thus far? No, I wouldn't say I've been disappointed. I would say I acknowledge that we, we haven't been a, a perfect team in every facet, but you have to understand this stuff is all interconnected. I mean, we're scoring a lot of points now, right? And we're having a lot of possessions uh, and we're pushing the pace. And, and that does have an impact on, on your defense. Um, you know, and, but, but I would say, you know, since the all-star break, we've really have shored up our defense. We've shored up our rebounding. Uh, you know, we're pretty locked in on those things. 
you know, I know Brad's been, um, you know, looking for the right combinations game to game with the bench to try to get some consistency. And I think largely, you know, we've had that. But, but listen, we're not perfect. We, we know it. Um, we've, we've got areas, you know, for constant improvement and things that we need to, you know, to constantly pay attention to. And so I think, um, you know, we're, we're cognizant of, of where we need to improve, and then um, we're always on those things. And, uh, you know, I, I think, um, you know, our coaching staff uh, puts us in a, in a good position to win uh, most nights, and, and I think they've got the emphasis in the right place. And I think, you know, as you get closer to the playoffs, everyone gets locked in on what's really, really important. And, uh, and, and I, I know that our guys understand but, you know, defense wins in the playoffs. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm not concerned about that. Real quick, because it's something I want to get you to before I get you out of here, but, I mean, this joggled my mind. What do you think of Brad's strategy of really, I mean, putting the pedal to the metal to finish out the season while so many teams around the Celtics that they're chasing, I don't want to, you know, wink, wink, seem to be resting players. What do you think of Brad's strategy of just going pedal to the metal here? Well, we, we've had a lot of injuries this year, so our guys have had a lot of unplanned rest. Uh, I think uh, – What's most important, and I think Brad is coaching this way, is that we find our groove and that we're in our groove and that we've got our guys playing well together uh, when we get to the playoffs. And that generally means, you know, playing guys together. Our starting five, you know, I want to say the record is something like 24 and 8. You know, it's like 750 ball uh, with the starting five all together as a unit and but but yet that's only 32 games together and i'm not sure if that's exactly the right number but um but i think the goal you know the most important goal for us is is to be humming come playoff time and and that means playing these guys together and i'm sure you know as we get closer to the end you know if there's an opportunity you know to rest the player and the player could use the rest and and the coach thinks it's in the best interest you know of our playoff success to to give a guy a little bit of a breather you know he'll he'll make that decision uh, but that's not where we've been so far that's not been the feeling to date um, and you know the the good news for us is this you know the backs you know the home stretch if you will um, has been full of home games you know so the travel burden while it was really, you know, difficult at certain points of the year, December, um, you know, yeah, March, you know, late March and April, yeah, uh, you know, we, we've had we've had opportunity to rest, you know, and we've only got one more back to back between now and the end of the season. So uh, I, I think our guys, you know, will will get the rest when they need it, you know, on the off days. But uh, you know, we'll we'll see how things unfold um, over over the next, you know. 10 days or so here. Don't want an Avery Bradley situation part two where his use is in your race. Anyways, I've got to get to this. I've been waiting for two months, and it's this is something that's gone to the back burner. But advertisements on jerseys for 2018, Celtics probably uh, – you guys, you were the first organization to do this. Is that correct? No, we weren't the first. We okay. were, I think, the third to right. announce a, uh, a partnership um, for, uh, you know, a jersey sponsor. Yeah, but I'd love to ha- for you to have the floor on that. Right. Well, you know, we're, we have, you know, an affirmative obligation to, you know, to grow our business and, and grow the revenue pie between, you know, the teams and the players. That's how, uh, we, you know, we grow the game. And the jersey patch is something that the NBA, you know, had been talking about for just probably three years. Um, should we do it? If we do it, you know, how should we do it? And how could we, you know, do something that's got good value for a partner? 
uh, but at the same time doesn't really hijack the you know the identity of the uniform or the team brand. Um, and and for us, the Celtics, we looked at that opportunity and we said, you know, we, we want to grow our business um, and we want to be able to you know spend money on player payroll. So generally, we look at those things opportunistically. Uh, but in this case, we said to ourselves, the only way we're doing it is with the right partner and the right brand uh, that makes sense for us and can bring more value to us than just simply, you know, putting a logo on a jersey. And, um, you know, it was fortuitous timing with GE moving to Boston this summer. Um, you know, their values, their tradition of excellence, their, um, you know, their desire to uh, have a high impact in the community, um, you know, it, it really just made made sense for us to talk to them about it. And really, it was only a field of one. Um, you know, we didn't talk to anyone else about the opportunity. And uh, we feel really good about it for a few reasons. You know, one, uh, GE is able to help us off the court with, um, you know, their army of data scientists. We're working on a couple of projects, analytics projects with them. Uh, that will help both our basketball and our business operation. We, we feel, uh, and at the same time, they're you know they're a global company. So you know when Celtics games are being live streamed in China or you know on CCTV, um, they can take advantage of the Mars visibility they get there. There you go. There you go. There you go. So there, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you know if. if Mars is colonized. I'm sure GE will play a part in colonizing it. Uh, but you know, they're they're a unique company from the perspective that they're local, but they're global, and and that's the exact match you want for this you know this asset because people watch NBA all over the world. There's you know a billion people following the NBA on television and via social media worldwide, and that that patch on the jersey is going to travel all over the globe, you know, wherever the Celtics are seen. And, um, and that's, you know, so it's a good value for a partner, but it's a good value to the Celtics, and it helps us achieve some of our goals. We're building a new practice facility. They're working with us on, uh, on technology and infrastructure for, for that practice facility. So they bring a lot to the table. I, I know, you know, for, for fans, putting a, a logo on the jersey might not be the, the most fan friendly thing to do but i think we couldn't have found a better partner to do it with and um and i think it's you know we've been able to do it the patch in a in a green and white color that that sort of blends in pretty well so um you know look looking forward to you know beginning that partnership in a bigger way next year celtics fans that listen to this show are well used to advertisements so you have to worry about that i got a real quick follow-up though on that i mean it just when i saw an advertisement that ran on the scoreboard on comcast sports net i think it was about a week ago on on one of their um i can't remember what it was it was a charity and this is going to kill me but it just got me thinking okay yeah it got me thinking that you know is more and more it's about everything's about shortening down uh playing time of games the nfl is trying to cut out a commercial break they believe that's a big issue of why their ratings have slipped down do you think television and possibly even you know advertisements on the court is a way to possibly make it more efficient with marketing and generating revenue as a way to shorten length of games and maybe even taking out commercials which don't resonate so much with uh, people you know with fans i mean listen i i watch the games on replay i just plow right through them so what's your take on that richie well i mean if you look at premier league soccer for instance um they don't have any commercial breaks right uh Mm -hmm. it's a continuous flow but ads all over the place but they're they're, yeah right including the jersey you don't even see the team name right you know if you're if you're a fan of um you know arsenal you see you know emirates airlines you know on the jersey um 
and and that's you know pretty uh, well accepted in Europe and and really globally you know for soccer fans. Uh, I, I don't think in the U.S. we're going to get there anytime you know real soon, but I I do think that as teams or as leagues really look to. Um, you know, provide a better viewing experience for fans. They are looking at, you know, could you, you know, you, you're not going to roll backwards revenue, right? Um, so the question is, you know, if you cut out ad spots and timeouts that, that you know, include ad spots, you know, you've got to make that up. And could you make that up through more on-court branding or on-uniform branding or those kind of things? Yeah, you know, arguably you could. Um, but those are, you know, those are longer-term conversations. The great news about NBA uh, you know, Very progressive. It's, it's, it's well, it's two hours and fifteen minutes too, so it's not it's not open ended, right? You know, if you come to a Celtics game and you watch on TV, it's going to start at seven thirty. It's going to be over by about quarter of ten. It's a fast moving game the whole time. There aren't a lot of stoppages, uh, and if there's anything to be refined, except for those replays, yeah, the replays, you know, and it depends on what the replay is. But the NBA is very focused on improving that, uh, and there's only certain calls that take a while. Most of them are just. Uh, the call gets made in New Jersey, and it's quick. But uh, whenever it comes to a flagrant foul or something like that, the refs have the jurisdiction locally here on that stuff. Uh, and, and, you know, the NBA is also, you know, focused on, you know, is there a way that you could take that game time from two hours and 15 minutes, you know, to two hours without sacrificing the quality of the game and the strategy to end the games? And what happens at the end of the games is where they tend to lengthen out. You've got a lot of timeouts, and the coaches use the timeouts, whether it's to advance the ball or they just, you know, they, they have the luxury of using it because they're given the timeout. So, uh, you know, we're always looking at in, improvements to the game that, you know, to keep the flow going and um, keep the viewer experience where it should be. But, I, you know, I think we're starting at a good point. It's not, you know, no offense, it's not baseball uh, where there's no clock and you don't, you know, and, and there's a lot of stoppages and a lot of time, uh, you know, where seemingly not much is happening. Uh, that's not the case with an NBA game. So we're in, we're in good shape, which is, I, I think, candidly, why our game is the most popular game, you know, with, with youth today, right? You know, people between the ages of 12 and 25, NBA is their number one sport. You know, it's, it's fast-moving. It lends itself to highlights. Uh, you know, it's, it's adrenalized. It's great on social media. You can follow it through, you know, your, your, your smartphone. Um, you know, the players aren't wearing you know, helmets and masks. You can see their personality. You can see their emotions. Tickets are so uh, and, affordable and so, at Celtics games. Great seats that, available. That's right. it's, all, it's, it's all goodness, Larry, as you know. Uh, but, but I do think, you know, the NBA is, is really well positioned, and I think we've got the right guy leading the league in Adam Silver. And, you know, when we make changes, you know, they're, they're, they're not trivial. They're well thought through and, uh, and, and vetted very well. Um, you know, by the league and the board of governors. So, uh, you know, we're we're in a good place with the game, but it can always be better. And uh, and you know, like our team, you know, you're always looking for you know constant improvement, and you're trying to exhaust all your resources to to find that improvement. All right, you know, I you love when I ask you this to get you out of here every time. Your parting shot, your final message to the fans on the cusp of the playoffs here. Well, I you know, my first message I think would be, you know, thank you fans for a great season and for supporting the Celtics. Um it's it's really been a lot of fun this year and uh this this team um you know does not cheat the fans. They they work hard, you know, for your loyalty and uh and they love playing in Boston and being part of, of this Celtics thing which is, which is a unique, you know, thing in our league uh and across sports. This is a great city to play in. Um 
And, you know, lock in for a good playoff ride. I, I don't think, you know, um, I, I, we don't take anything for granted. We think, you know, each series, uh, each round, you know, is, is going to be a dogfight. Uh, but it should be a lot of fun and, uh, you know, keep – Keep showing up uh, ready to go at those Celtics games. The playoffs are, are going to be a blast, and we'll have uh, a lot of good stuff cooked up to really you know, enhance the, the fan experience during those games. So uh, looking forward to seeing everyone at the Garden. you got to do that one. That's the president. I, I hope that noun, too, uh, has not developed a negative connotation recently. But anyways, Celtics president Rich Gotham, a frequent guest here on Celtics Speed. We can always count on him. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Brief note before we wrap up, the obligatory Celtics stuff live. Shout out to John Duke and Justin Poulin. I'm going to venture that they will discuss a little more than just the Celtics. I heard there's a big college basketball game tomorrow night, and they're big college basketball fans. So they'll probably talk about college basketball on Celtics stuff live tomorrow at 9 a.m. Eastern time. And speaking of the NCAA Finals, one of the preeminent basketball, college basketball savants, I will say. Sam Bassini. His Game Theory podcasts like this, like CSL, like so much. Pop culture, music, politics. They play other sports besides basketball? Yeah, yes, they do. Other of those. Uh, we cover it. Download the free CLNS radio mobile app for all these podcasts. You know when we will be back next. But you hear the music. We are ending on this note on episode number 203. Thank you for once again to those who downloaded today's show and who make this show the number one podcast on the web dedicated to the NBA's winningest franchise. Music was provided by Chuck Dietz and Steph Legratto. Today's sponsors were SeatGeek and Blue Apron. For staff writer Eddie Santiago, graphics designer Scott Dillon, program director Justin Poulin, and for CLNS's founder Nick Gelso, I'm Larry A. Trussell, signing off for another edition of Celtics Beat, powered by CLNS Radio.